Hello everyone, this is Pastor Damien. You're listening to Sermon Audio from New City, Orlando. At New City, we believe all of us need all of Jesus for all of life. For more resources, visit our website at newcityorlando.com. Thanks for listening. And now as we prepare to hear from the Lord, I'd invite you to stand. We want to pray that God might give us ears to hear and hearts to receive his holy word. Join me in this prayer. Promise Savior, as we remember your first advent and wait for your return, help us to see your glory and love through the reading and preaching of your word. Through Christ our Savior we pray. Amen. And now I'd invite you, if you're able to remain standing for the reading of God's holy word, we come to the end of our study in the book of Exodus this fall, to Exodus 15, verses 1 through 18. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he's thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he cast into the sea, and his chosen officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The floods stood in a heap. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand. The earth swallowed them. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. The people have heard, they tremble. Pangs have seized the inhabitants of Philistia. Now are the chiefs of Edom dismayed. Trembling seizes the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them. Because of the greatness of your arm, they are still as a stone. Till your people, O Lord, pass by. Till the People by whom you have purchased, you will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain. The place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode. The sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, Merry Christmas. I uh, made a promise that this would be Exodus 15 in 15 minutes. And uh, from what I've understood is I've got at least two or three kids out there that are timing me to see if I can actually fulfill that. 
but earlier this week, I was with my three-year-old during the Advent candlelight service, and now it's going to be Exodus 15 in 10 minutes, okay? So that's called empathy. Uh, that's how it works. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and open up to Exodus 15. We're going to be in it short and sweet this morning. Uh, this season, Christmas, is a season of singing. It's a season of singing, right? Any other time of year, it would be inappropriate to take a dozen of your friends, walk up to your neighbor's house, knock on the door, and just start singing at them, right? Inappropriate. Any other season. But the most wonderful time of the year, of course we do that, right? Because Christmas is a season of singing. But it's actually the season of singing. No other holiday uh, has a soundtrack of songs just dedicated to it, right? I mean, Halloween has like Monster Mash and Thriller. Christmas has playlists upon playlists of songs. And, and even there's a debate about the appropriate timing of when you can begin listening to those songs and playing them for everybody else. And, you know, just everybody here with a conscience knows it's just after July 4th is is when Christmas begins, uh, Christmas songs. But listen, Christmas is a season of singing, and I want to look at why that is. And we see that in Exodus 15, and I have one point and one point only, and that is that at the coming of this king, the people will sing. At the coming of this king, the people will sing. So if you have a Bible, you look at Exodus 15, verse 18, the whole sermon text this morning that we ended with, ended with these words, the Lord will reign that's kingship language. The Lord will reign forever and ever. And so Exodus 15, go figures, follows Exodus 14. And we looked last week at Exodus 14, this great rescue of Israel from the Egyptians through the Red Sea, iconic in biblical history. And so Exodus 15 follows right after that. And you look at verse 15, chapter 15, verse 1, and how does it start? Then... There's not, a, there's not a skip in the beat here. Rescued through the Red Sea from the Egyptians, then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord. I want you to imagine the scene for a moment. This ragtag mass of newly freed slaves staring their old masters that are dead on the seashore, still dressed in their battle armor, and it's beginning to sink in. We're free. We're free. And as they stand there in stunned silence, Moses begins to lift his voice. He begins to shout out this song of triumph. And eventually, hundreds of thousands of voices join in with the thunderous chorus of verse 3. The Lord is a man of war. Yahweh is his name. This is right after the Red Sea. And so Exodus 15 is the first picture of corporate gathered worship in the Bible, what we're doing right here, right now. And what do they do? They sing. They sing because at the coming of this king, the people will sing. Now in the Bible, there are 400 verses that deal with singing. 50 of those are commands to sing. Do not murder, sing. Do not steal, sing. Don't cheat on your spouse, sing. What's the big deal? Why is singing so significant? Well, if you get to the center of this song, you have a verse that's right at the, the, the literary center. Verse 11 says this, who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? And you have to ask that question to, to figure out why do we sing? Buddhist monks have developed sophisticated philosophies and psychologies, uh, but there's no discernible musical tradition in India. Islamic mosques don't have pianos, orchestras, worship bands. 
Even when secularism kind of swept through the Christian West, uh, what happened was music ended up becoming a, a vehicle for triviality and meaninglessness. Charles Darwin himself thought that maybe music evolved as an aid to mating. And that was before Marvin Gaye. But he was, he was hypothesizing, why would we come up with music? Why would we sing? Listen, you have to understand that it is only Christians that are defined in their worship with songs of exuberant hope and, and rapturous joy. This is what we do. This is what we do. Why? Well, the question of verse 11 is, who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? You see, what kind of God delights in worshipers gathering weekly around the globe to sing in unison to him? What kind of God is this? That's the question we have to ask. Well, it's only a God whose very being is song-like. The triune God who exists eternally as three persons in perfect harmony with no discord whatsoever. This God, the true and living God, is the only one that can explain the beauty of the harmony of music. In other words, why we sing. If sanity is the right response to reality, and ultimate reality is the Trinity, then when this king comes, the people will sing. That's the way that this works. And so at the coming of this king, the people will sing, and that's just what we see when we look at the famous Christmas stories from the four Gospels. I'm just going to talk about one. In, in the first two chapters of the Gospel of Luke, there are four songs. Four songs. In Luke 1, when Mary is pregnant with Jesus, she sings. In Luke 1, when Zechariah can finally speak, he sings. In Luke 2, when the shepherds see thousands of angels, angels we have heard on high, what are they doing? They're sweetly singing. In Luke 2, when Simeon meets Jesus in the temple, he snatches the baby into his arms and he sings. You see, because at the coming of this king, the people will sing. And so the story of this king moves, though, from a cradle to a cross. That's really important. It moves from a cradle to a cross because this king, like Exodus 15, 3 says, this king is a man of war. But he fought far worse enemies than Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Jesus took on the tyranny of sin, death, and the devil. This king is a man of war, but he uses different weapons. You see, King Jesus, when he comes, he doesn't wield a sword but a towel. When this king comes, he doesn't mount a chariot, but a cross. When this king comes, he doesn't, he, he does wear a crown, but it's a crown of thorns. You see, because when this king comes, he comes in a way that has to use the enemy's abilities against them in order to defeat them. Uh, let me just read Colossians 2.15. It says it like this. It talks about how on the cross, in an act of Jesus judo, God disarmed his enemies and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Christ. That's the same phrase that we get in verse one of Exodus 15. You see, this king put death to death in his own death and triumphed gloriously over it. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. And so this great reversal would cause us to ask in the words of verse 11, who is like you? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders. You see, because this story of this king moves from a cross to a cradle and then to a crown. Because Jesus is lifted up 
and, and because he was resurrected, he reigns right here, right now, on high as king. And yet his kingdom hasn't fully come. He himself taught us to pray that your kingdom would come, your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we wait. And as we wait for this king, this people will sing. If you look at Revelation 15, what, what do we see happening before the throne of this king? We see people gathering around and they're singing. And what are they singing? They're singing the song of Moses. The song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. Because they're waiting anxiously for Jesus to come back a second time. The word Advent means coming. He came once. We're waiting. We're between the second Advent. The first and the second. We're waiting for him to come again. And as the great song we'll sing later, Joy to the World puts it, Jesus will come again to no more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. And so we wait we wait for King Jesus, whose reign will, will, who will reign forever and ever. We wait for him to come as king. And in the meantime, we sing. We sing. But what is Jesus doing right now? Well, according to Hebrews 2, uh, let me just give you the purpose of Christmas. The, the purpose of Christmas is this. Jesus became like us so that we might become like Jesus. That's what it's all about. But what is Jesus doing? In Hebrews 2, verses 11 and 12, it says that Jesus is, quote, in the midst of the congregation singing God's praise. So when we gather here together for worship, Jesus is in the midst of this congregation singing God's praise. So another way to say that is Jesus became like us so that we could sing with him. The A purpose of Christmas is so Jesus could teach us how to sing. And that's what he's doing this morning. Because of the coming of this king, the people will sing. So as I close, how should we respond? We'll look back at Exodus 15, verses one and two. First thing you must do is you have to personalize God's great work for yourself. Listen to the language in verse one. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. And for the, for the baptized covenant children in the room, listen to this. My father's God and I will exalt him. So the first thing we do is we make this our own. Jesus will settle for nothing less than being your king. And that's what he's calling us to this morning. And the second thing we do, first we personalize this to ourselves. The second thing we do is we join our voices with Jesus this morning and we sing. We sing. As a ragtag mass of former slaves, freed from sin and death and the devil, let it sink in, we are free. And to quote a song by another king, the Lion King, every creature go for broke and sing because we just can't wait to see this king. That's a little something for the kids there. Christmas is a season of singing because at the coming of this king, the people will sing. Let's pray. King Jesus, who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders, you have gloriously triumphed over sin and Satan and death. You are my strength and my song and you have become my salvation. You are our God and we will praise you. You will reign forever and ever. It's in your matchless name we pray. Amen. Wonders never cease.